Morning, everyone. It is Monday, the 8th of August. Morning, Henry. Bit of a quieter weekend. What have you got for us? Morning, Ben. Well, it was um, an interesting session on Wall Street on Friday night. Big, big jobs number came out. 528,000 jobs. The market was going for 250, so a massive, massive beat. But it's a question of whether what's good or what's bad with the jobs number. So although that means the Fed may have to raise rates higher and quicker, and that certainly was what was happening with the US dollar going up and bond yields going up, but it also points to the fact that maybe the recession is not going to happen. So we did see base metals doing okay. K on Friday. As a result of all this, the Dow closed up 77 points in a relatively narrow trading range. I have to say only 320 odd point trading range from a high of 88 up to 237 down. The NASDAQ was down 63 and the S&P 500 was down seven, but base metals got a little bit of a lift. We did see some Chinese data over the weekend as well. Uh, We had copper up 1.8%, the oil price doing better as well on uh, hopes that we don't get the recession up half a percent. Gold, a bit of a suffering uh, animal, although it hasn't fed through into gold miners. The gold price was down 0.9 of a percent on the back of that strengthening US dollar. SPY was showing down down seven. Uh, the market currently is pretty much um, in line with that down 17, but it's all about BHP and Oz Minerals, as I'm sure we will talk about in a minute. Yes, certainly going to be a feature today. Thank you, Henry. No Tom this morning, so I'll do a quick wrap of what is happening locally. ASX 200 is down 15 points or 0.2% being held up largely by the materials sector after that BHB bid on Oz Minerals, which was rejected at $25. Oz Minerals saying it significantly undervalued their business and they are up 35% today. So obviously expectations, there's going to be some more activity there. Marcus and Henry, I think we'll both talk a bit more about that in a minute. Energy, the only other sector in the green Apart from materials, materials is up 1.2%, energy up around half a percent, real estate consumer discretionary and industrials, the worst in the market, all down around one and a half percent or more. Financials and healthcare, just a little bit below the water level. On the stock front, outside the Oz Minerals news, we had results from Suncorp, which were disappointing, profit falling 34% and a 17 cent dividend announced down 3.4% on the back of that and Horizon announcing a 15% fall in NPAT and a 10 0.9 cent dividend down 5%. Elsewhere, we had Beach Energy BPT signing an LNG sale and purchase agreement. Monodelphus MND awarded $100 million in new contracts uh, and Commonwealth Bank providing an update on some one-off cost items ahead of their results. Nothing much on the calendar today at all. The current account for June out of Japan about as interesting as it gets. Corporate events, just the Suncorp and Horizon earnings. DJW and FRI going ex-dividend today, BKI tomorrow, but pretty quiet as we wait for the results to keep streaming in this week. Layden, brokers are going to start heating up a lot as the results hit us. What have we got this morning? Seems like a bit of a calm before the storm this morning, Ben. It's pretty quiet out there. I had to pick through everything to try and find something. I've got Blue Scope Steel, though. UBS has lowered its target price after a more conservative selling price has been factored in. The target price has fallen about 5% to $23.50, which still implies a 42% upside. And the buy recommendation has been retained there as the broker sees value on a one-year basis. And also computer share. Macquarie has pointed out a bit of a precursor to their results, which are out tomorrow. 
and that was in the US mortgage service report. So Macquarie points out that ComputerShare grew its unpaid principal balances in Q4 by 6.6%. The company also grew the market share of those unpaid principal balances to 0.95%. So results are out tomorrow, as I said, and their forecasts have not changed. Macquarie has a buy recommendation and a target price of $35, which implies about a 38% upside. That was just about all there was this morning. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for that Leighton Henry back to you what have you got in Henry's take I'm sure there's going to be a lot happening there today um yeah thanks Ben just uh, a little bit of talk today on the back of the BHP Oz Minerals bid uh, which has come out of left field to say the least they won't get it at 25 bucks uh that was what they were in June before that uh sell down on tax loss and the recessionary fears but what it does highlight I guess is that the sector is pregnant with M&A activity we're seeing it in the golds at the moment uh the strong taking over the weak or taking advantage of the weaker share prices across the board. We do have a few takeovers. One that has been mentioned this morning as a uh, possible takeover target is DeGray, D-E-G, which I bought at 75 cents. I think they're now 97. So that one's going quite well. The obvious buyer there is Gold Road, which has a 14.5% stake in them, having bought uh, DGO, uh, that uh, that investment company and and Explorer as well. So that's an obvious target. Uh, The other one that I think is um, interesting is Pilbara. We haven't seen very much in the way of lithium m at all, really. And given what we saw from Rio, and Rio does tend to copy BHP in some respects, but given what we saw from Rio, they're having those problems with JDAR in Serbia, and also they're investing 190 million bucks into their Rincon project in Argentina. They've clearly got a focus on lithium. Now, Pilbara is around an $8.5 billion company, same as Oz Minerals, and bearing also in mind that Rio were a little bit stingy on the dividend. Uh, some people were very disappointed with the dividend. Uh, they are full of cash, 15.5 billion in EBITDA. So a $10 billion acquisition is not exactly a massive stretch for these guys. So uh, Pilbara still remains one of my key buys in the lithium sector. And I still think, you know, we're going to see continued strength in the resource stocks, especially as uh, recession fears uh, abate, as we're seeing that big jobs number in the US. Also, China, of course, is hardly running at full throttle either. So uh, I think that's good for resources. So we'll continue to see resources bubble higher. Uh, especially in the likes of copper, which is that uh, proxy for global growth. And as it's Monday, the usual US check-in with the fear and greed. And also just this week, I'm going through the portfolio. There's 20 stocks. There's actually 19 stocks in the small cap portfolio. So I'm just going through four a day just to make sure that I'm happy uh, where they are and whether they are continue to remain uh, relevant to the portfolio. But uh, so four in today, four in tomorrow and uh, et cetera as the week progresses. Very nice, Henry. Look forward to seeing them all drop. Uh, we've got a idea in the ideas section today. Just I'm having a quick look at Megaport MP1 ahead of their results tomorrow after a pretty volatile 12 months in the company, uh, as it has been for most of the no earnings high PE growth companies. They've had a high of 22, a low of 470, currently sitting at 812. Lots of activity. Brokers generally positive, uh, but check out the ideas section for a little bit more on Megaport before they report tomorrow alongside ComputerShare and a few others. And that's the ideas section today. Marcus, what have you got for strategy? Strategy kaboom. We have three stocks in the ideas portfolio as of Friday, and one of them just got bid for. So very happy about that. That should pay a few subscriptions. Oz Minerals, obviously, up 35% on my table this morning after the bid from BHP. And it's over $25, which is the bid price, $25.31. But you might imagine that this is just an opener. You don't buy a quality stock at first bid, and it should be good for the whole 
sector as well in the strategy portfolio. We're holding the resources ETF OZR, which hasn't been going that fabulously because of increasing recession fears, which have gone away a little bit with that strong jobs number, but also with energy price coming off the top because 20% of that ETF is energy. So uh, that has picked up this morning rather nicely, up 1% on the back of the BHP for Oz Minerals. And that's really the story of the day. On the back of that, I've added a number of stocks or have done on the open. I know a lot of you will miss that. You'll be listening to the podcast now wondering why you missed the opening prices that we've got in our table. It doesn't really matter. Uh, The point is that this BHP bid, $8 billion bid, it's like somebody paying an enormous amount for a house in your street. The whole street goes up in value, so it should be good for the sector. And on the back of that, let's just run with resources for a while here. Uh, And I have added with Henry's uh, take in the front of my mind. I've added uh, Pilbara Minerals, PLS 29M. 29M was tipped by Peter Harold. This is a copper exposure. was tipped by Peter Harold in the podcast I did with him on the couch on the 18th of July. And I put a chart in the strategy piece. He was two days late from catching the very, very bottom there. Uh, Well done, Peter. Although I do think uh, pumping Peter up on the back of that tip is a bit like patting the mouse on the back whilst the mouse was driving the elephant, if you see what I mean, because of course it's the BHP bid and the sector move that's really got 29 um, M going. Uh, Also added SFR and Rio. Rio because it is of course copper stock. Uh, It's one of the world's biggest, most important and relevant, uh, but it also goes ex-dividend on Thursday, is de-risked after the results. So having a real crack at resources for want of anything better to do, uh, that seems to be the go. So you'll see the ideas portfolio pumped with optimism. Let's hope it lasts. Uh, And also showing Oz Minerals with a 35% gain, and we're not going to be selling that anytime soon. And also, if you're worrying about this being buying at the top, just have a look at the charts. We're nowhere near the top on stocks like Rio uh, and 29M and SFR. Otherwise, a perfect storm is the subject line for the main strategy piece today, which of course is uh, the perfect storm of one me going away on holiday this Thursday. And as we all know, the market always falls over when I go on holiday. I've written why it does uh, in the strategy piece today. It's absolutely no connection at all, of course, uh, to me, except that I happened to publicly go on holiday and sell everything in December 2007, just as the GFC got started. And when I came back, I didn't realize I was suddenly a genius. Uh, Anyway, I also went away in Easter to Marimbula every year, and it just so happened in 2011, 2015, the market fell over over Easter. So I've got this reputation for going on holiday and the market falling over. So uh, also on th- also on Thursday this week, we will wake up to the US CPI number. So as I step across my motorcycle on Thursday morning, the market will either have collapsed or shot up. Hopefully this time it does exactly the opposite of what it is supposed to do and goes up. Anyway, watch out on Thursday morning. Otherwise, this week we've got the US CPI number, as I say, on Wednesday, that should, we've already seen a peak in core core US inflation. This one is supposed to show the peak in US inflation, headline inflation, as well as energy prices come off. Otherwise, a very quiet week this week. I'm not sure anyone cares too much about Chinese CPI running at two and a half percent. We've got a bit of geo 
political risk flying around, although the Chinese seem to be backing off a little bit from their recent aggression. And we also have results this week. And the ones obviously interested in CBA and Telstra have a read of Harold's retirement uh, article today, retirement today article. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Harold and his wife uh, used, or Harold used to run their super fund. And unfortunately, Harold's wife uh, wasn't entirely happy with his performance and set up another super fund and ran it herself. Uh, this this was, uh, I think is still the case. Harold will correct me if not. Uh, but they're running them in competition uh, to the point where I do believe they don't tell each other good tips. Uh, so um, uh, uh, Harold is telling us in the article today how uh, the banks have come back as a major part of their super funds. Uh, there are some big yields in there. Have a look at the table. And it looks like the winter of discontent to a retiree investor. And bear in mind, Harold's been doing this for probably 30, 40 years running his own super fund, uh, that he is saying that now the banks are coming back as a major part of both their super funds uh, and they don't need to go up. They just need to go sideways at these sort of yields. Anyway, results from CBA this week. Uh, the other one, uh, most of the most of the results this week, I wouldn't put in a long-term portfolio. Uh, but one that I would is REA. I'll be looking out for those tomorrow morning, seeing if I can make a case for uh, adding that to um, the ideas portfolio. And that's about it. Very nice. Thank you, Marcus. Staying on the results note, our question of the day today is, can you guess a major feature of the results season for us? A little bit of prediction, a bit of guesswork. Leighton? Well, Marcus sort of touched on this earlier, but following on from that BHP bid for Oz Minerals, I think the resources are going to sound a lot more upbeat, all of those resources stocks. Nice. Thank you, Leighton. Henry? Um, I think uh, results season will probably be better than expected. Uh, we probably got ourselves into a, a, a negative result kind of cycle. I think we're going to be better than expected because it is looking back to this, the end of June rather than what we've seen in July, August. So the interest rate rises haven't really bitten as yet. So we could see um, better than expected, but I think companies will be a little bit cautious on dividend payout. So we may see uh, slightly stingier dividends, but results pretty much uh, as expected or slightly better. Thank you, Henry. I'm going to jump in because mine was almost identical to that. It was strong numbers, but cautious outlooks. Uh, I think a lot of companies will be just wary of what uh, has happened over the last month or two and what is to come over the next six to 12 to 18 months. So I might keep the powder dry, as Henry says, and just be a little bit more cautious. And Marcus? Yes, well, uh, Henry stole my thunder. My, I was going to say that the results season will be, I think, uh, better than expected. Uh, the rumours of a recession have been heavily overstated. Uh, you've seen recent results from JB Hi-Fi and Maya, both of which popped on the uh, results. They are very uh, cyclical, consumer-focused stocks. Uh, the housing market has come off the top, but not materially enough to change people's spending habits. I think people are still not spending as much on holidays, and that was $12 billion of money spent by Australians on international holidays, that spend is still well down, which leaves money in the pocket. So I think you will find uh, that the result season is uh, lo much lower risk than it appears. And also be aware that the media is prone to uh, turn these things into disasters when they are a mild inconvenience. Let's not belittle what is going on in some people's businesses. But I think generally speaking, uh, we might just find that uh, rumours of disaster have been overstated. Very nice. 
Thank you for that, Marcus. Good note to finish on. See you all tomorrow. Thank you. Bye.